Thank you for joining us today. We hope this teaching inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you tools for everyday life. We encourage you to visit us at mbcocala.com to discover more about the life-changing ministry at Meadowbrook, as well as convenient ways you can partner with us financially in helping people move from where they are to where God wants them to be. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning. How's everybody? Good, good, good. We're so glad that you're here. Are you glad that you're here? I'll tell you this, you're going to be glad that you came today. Amen. Go ahead and stand up with me if you would. Let's lift our hands to the Lord and don't do that mindlessly or just out of religion. Let's connect our hearts right now. This is a way to thank the Lord and to acknowledge the Lord. Father, we come to you today. We're so thankful that we can. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for ordering our steps, helping us to get here today. I thank you, God, you have something on your heart. You have something on your mind that you want to get across into our hearts and our minds. And Holy Spirit of God, as, as I share today, I pray that you'd help me to tell these people about you. And I pray, Lord, just for a fresh touch that you breathe upon us, fall upon us, touch us and help us today. Draw closer to you and see you in, in greater and greater light. Thank you in advance for all you're going to do. And Lord, we pray that when everything is said and done today, we want that you, Jesus, the Lord of our life, the head over all things to this church, we want you to be pleased. <clears throat> we want you to be honored. And we want these, your people, every single one of them to be helped today. That's our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said Amen and amen. How about a huge welcome for our East Campus and online campus. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. It's going to be a great morning today. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, as, as you've already heard, Heart of a Woman is tonight. And uh, ladies get here. Yesterday, Alicia and I were talking. And I said, just tell me your message. And see, she loves to do that. I don't. I'm top secret. I don't share nothing until I get up here. And uh, she was sharing with me, and she's just standing in the door of our closet. And I'm telling you what, it moved me. It brought me to the edge of tears. Seriously, this is so powerful, so beautiful, what she's going to be sharing with you tonight. So ladies, get here. Grab your, your girlfriends and neighbors and, and daughters and mamas and, and uh, get them here. It's going to be a, a great night. Amen? Well, we're starting a brand new series today called Forgotten God. And you say, well, I haven't forgotten God. Well, we want to make sure that you don't forget all of God. And really, this is a focus on the Holy Spirit. And uh, just a refresher to help us all to live in a way that we are depending on the Holy Spirit. And we know that we can depend upon the Holy Spirit. How many of you think that's a, a good idea for us to talk about today? Now, we believe, we believe in the eternal Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. An important question to ask is, where are they? And we need to understand, first of all, that the Father God, our Heavenly Father, Almighty God, is seated on the throne of heaven. And he is wide awake. He doesn't doze off like your dad, okay? And uh, he's wide awake. He's not old and pasty and dusty and stale. And uh, he's still God. Amen. Seated at his right hand is Jesus Christ, the, the, the Son of God. And Jesus uh, has taken on the role that the Father gave him. 
that's seated right now. Everybody say right now. Seated right now at the right hand of the Father. He is our high priest. He represents us before the Father. He is our mediator. He is our intercessor. He is our advocate who pleads on our behalf with the Father. And he sits there as Lord of all. And then the Holy Spirit, everybody say Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in the earth. Now, I'm not talking about down in the, in the ground. He's here in the earth. He is present and active. And more specifically, he lives in and is with us that are believers. Do we have any believers in this place today? Good, good, good. He is the agent of action of the Godhead. And so we've got Father and Son, and they have sent the Holy Spirit not as an enforcer, but as a gift and as a helper to us and in our lives. Look with me in John chapter 14. And before I read this passage here, let's get a little setting here. Between chapter uh, 14 and 18, um, we've got the Last Supper going on. And what I'm about to read is right after Judas has left. And Jesus says, get this, he's about 12 to 14 hours away from being crucified. Guess what? Jesus knew that that was coming. This was not a shock. He fully knew, timeline, everything. He knew that that was coming. So here he is at the table with his team. He's 12 to 14 hours away from crucifixion. Do you think he's doing small talk? They're talking about sports or he's making up stuff or, hey, guys, remember the time? You know, he's, he's not doing all of that. What he is saying is very, very weighty, very, very pointed. And with that in mind, I think it adds extra emphasis to this. And Jesus said this, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another, come on, y'all help me here, helper to be with you forever. Look in verse 17, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he, come on, dwells with you and will be in you. So he is with us. And at this point, he said he will be. Some things have transpired where he now is. Okay? And we'll, we'll uh, pull that out in just a moment. So Jesus, this is important, introduces the Holy Spirit. And he introduces him as helper. Now, up until the point that the Holy Spirit comes, he didn't stay. He would come upon people for acts of service, miracles, different things, different roles, different events. And you see that throughout the Old Testament, how the Holy Spirit would come upon a person for a season or for a reason. And now he's about to come and he's going to stay and he's going to be with us and he's going to be in us. And so Jesus introduces him as the helper and also, depending on your translation, the comforter. Quick question, anybody here need a little bit of help? A little bit of comfort? I mean, our world is crazy. Did y'all notice that? And, and things are just, you know, they're just spinning all over the place. And we watch it happen with economy and politics and mysterious diseases and all kinds of things. And Jesus said, when you see all this stuff and hear me, this is Jesus. I'm passing the message on to you. Don't let your heart be troubled. Okay? Don't. Don't. And I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but he's seen it all. 
He's seen it all before, and he sees it all before. And he wants you to keep yourself at peace and just be wise. Can I get a good amen? But I'm telling you, we need help, though, and we need comfort. And he, he introduced the Holy Spirit as the comforter and as the helper. Now, we're going to go a little bit deep today because I want Meadowbrook Church to be smart, and I want you to have strong faith. Remember that? So New Testament is written in Greek, and so where we have this word helper, and I'm choosing to just put up here comforter, it's the same New Testament Greek word. And in the Greek, here is the word parakletos, parakletos. Let's just look at the prefix first of all. Para means alongside, right beside, side by side, and the inference is to help, to bring aid. So in our culture, you see a paramedic, you see a paralegal, paraprofessional. And what is that? That whatever's going on, they are the one that is beside one to help them. And they stay right there side by side. Well, this word here, kletos, is the same root word for a word. You don't have to remember this, but I want to use this to get to where we're going. Ekklesia, which is the church. But you have to understand the New Testament concept of the church is it we are the church corporately, we are the church individually. So say this with me, I am the church. Now say we are the church. And if we could get everybody today, about 2.25 billion Christians across that would be worshiping Jesus today all over the world. I wish we could all together say, I am the church and we are the church. And you need to know that the church of Jesus Christ, of the living God, is strong. It's strong. We don't have the microphone. We don't have the camera. So that's what you're getting. You're getting from all the news and all of the bias and all that. But I'm telling you what, people rise up, pray, be strong, walk in the light of God, have the fruit and the power of the Spirit in your life, and don't let your heart be troubled. Amen. Amen. Y'all are pretty awake for losing an hour of sleep. (laughs) I'm proud of y'all. Now, so para- Kletos is the church, let's go back to this, the church corporate and the church individually. It's the, cor- it's the church gathered, and in a few moments it's going to be the church distributed. So the Holy Spirit, get this, is the helper, the comforter. He's the one who is side by side, right by our side to bring aid to you and I as the body of Christ, as the church. If you understand that so far, say amen with me today. Now look in John chapter 16. Continuing, Jesus says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is, come on, read this with me. It's to your advantage. Other translations say it is best, it is better, it is to your advantage that I, Jesus, go away. Hmm. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. So Jesus is talking to the guys. And he said, I'm going to be leaving. And he said, it's going to be good that I leave. And if I was one of the disciples, I'd go, how? How is that going to be good that you leave us? You're awesome. You're powerful. You're Jesus. You're the son of God. You're the savior of mankind. You're going to leave us? That's not good. What are you trying to do here? And he said, no, because if I don't go away, then the helper, here we go, the helper won't come. And so it's once I go, then I'm going to send the helper to you. So how is that going to be better? Just one way, let me suggest to you, just one way. 
Jesus, when he was speaking this, he was in his earthly ministry, he was in his earthly body. He had limited himself to just what you can do in your body. He could only be in one place at one time. And so there were many times in the, in the Gospels where they say, the people would say, please stay with us. You're doing these miracles. You're telling us this wonderful truths uh, about God and his love. Don't leave us. Stay with us. He goes, I can't stay. I've got to go. I've got to go to other places. He could only be in one place at one time. Guess what? The Holy Spirit can be everywhere at once. He can be with you, and he can be in you, and he can be with you, and he can be in you, and he can be with you, and be in you. He can be with me, and he can be with me, in me. Can you imagine if the Holy Spirit was at your house, and y'all are, your whole family's around the breakfast table, and you're talking about your day, and y'all got to decide which one of you the Holy Spirit goes with? Well, I've got work today. Well, I've got a job interview. Well, I've got to go to school. Well, I've got to stay home with sick kids. You know, and the Holy Spirit goes, huh, got to pick one. Aren't you glad he doesn't have to pick one? I said, aren't you glad he doesn't have to pick one? Amen. So he's in us. He's with us. He can be all places, all times. I love it. Amen. And let's go ahead and look here in John chapter 14, verse 16. Jesus again said, and I will ask the Father, we read this earlier, I will ask the Father and he will give you, now I highlighted this word, come on, go ahead and say it. Say, say it again. Another helper to be with you. Another one? What happened to the other one? The other one was Jesus. So Jesus is saying, and this, this word right here actually means another one just like this one. So Jesus was our helper and comforter. And he said, I'm going to send you another one. In essence, he's saying this. He will do for you in my absence what I would do for you if I was physically present with you. How many of you would love it if Jesus himself went with you to work? Some of you are like, no. <laughs> How many of you would love it if, if Jesus went with you to that doctor's appointment? How many of you would love it if Jesus was right there with you when you faced some temptation or discouragement or anxiety? Well, he said, well, I'm not going to be with you. I've got something better. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and he will be with you, and he will be in you. This is, he's just like Jesus. Just like Jesus. And he's with you, and he's in you two days a week. <laughs> no when? Always, always. And what we have to do is awaken ourselves to that reality and access and have daily and constant dependence and celebration of the presence and power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Amen. Look with me quickly in Luke chapter 24. Jesus has now uh, been to the cross. He's been buried. He's resurrected. He's about to ascend into heaven. And he's got a gathering. He's holding a press conference. Don't write that down. That's all. Okay. He said, and now I will send, now... I'm going to send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised. But you stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit has come and fills you with power from heaven. Now, this has a little time warp on it as well. So this is the initial coming of the Holy Spirit. As I told you earlier, he wasn't here full time prior. Now he's coming full time. 
And so as he comes, there's going to be an inbreaking of the Spirit. And he says, as he comes, it's going to be here. It's going to be an upper room here in Jerusalem. So let me just set, set the record straight. You don't have to wait for the Holy Spirit. You don't have to wait in Jerusalem. Okay? And there doesn't have to be a rushing mighty wind. That was the inbreaking, quite dramatic, quite intentional and powerful and severe, you know, the inbreaking of, of the Holy Spirit. And so we don't have to wait for that. The point he's saying is just don't go anywhere without him. Don't try to do this. Don't try to do life. Don't try to do ministry. Don't try to do marriage. Don't try to parent. Don't try to do your job. Don't try to be whatever you're trying to be without the Holy Spirit. I've given him to you. It's the promise of the Father. He's coming. He has now come. And we'll look at that in a moment. So the point is don't go. Don't try to do this without the Holy Spirit. You're going to need his presence. Come on, nod your head. You're going to need his presence. His power. You're going to need his help. You're going to need his comfort. Tragically, though, there's so many people. Let me just go ahead and say it. Too many people doing life, doing marriage, doing family, doing all their stuff, handling things, trying to without the help of the Holy Spirit. They've, it's like they've forgotten. It's like they've forgotten that the Holy Spirit could be with me and in me and actually help me. How many of you know sometimes if somebody was with you all the time, they'd get on your nerves? It's like, really? But the Holy Spirit, that's, that is not the case. And, and God forgive us when, when we've forgotten that you're in us and with us and help us. How many of you know we could do a whole lot better? You could overcome that temptation. You could overcome that repeated anxiety that tries to come back. You could, you could just do a better job. You could be patient. Did y'all have to be patient at all this week? How many of you missed that assignment? Ah, oh, that's what I should have been, yeah. And, and he will help you. It's part of the fruit of his presence in our lives. Well, why? That's my question. Why? Why do we forget or why do we not access his presence and his power, his comfort and his help? Here's a couple of thoughts for us this morning. First one would be this, ignorance. I just didn't know. There's so many people, they just don't know that the Holy Spirit is real and he's with us and he's in us. Second would be this, wrong information. This one makes me mad, okay? This one makes me mad because people have been told, uh, he doesn't work anymore. He doesn't do those things. That was just for a period of time. That is wrong. That is wrong information. There's a whole group of Christians called cessationists. Root word, cease that the work and the move of the Holy Spirit has stopped. Find it for me in, in the Bible. Find it. It's not there. All the way through and in our daily life. And, and tell me, tell me that in my life that wasn't the Holy Spirit present. That wasn't the Holy Spirit helping me. That wasn't the Holy Spirit who did this and did that. And so I see it in God's word and I see it by reality in my life. Third would be this, wrong representation. This one really makes me mad too. Because I'm going to tell you, some people in the name or the guise of the Holy Spirit are weird <laughs> and extreme. Listen to me. The Holy Spirit is not weird. And he won't make you weird. Well, I've seen weird people, and that's all they talk about, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Holy. They would be weird no matter what they did. 
and we measure the Holy Spirit. Is this the Holy Spirit? Not? There's some people that they measure if a person has the Holy Spirit or not by either no makeup or too much makeup. I mean, there's all kinds of wrong things. You know, it's just wrong information, wrong representation. And so it makes you, uh, that's the Holy Spirit. Uh. Listen, John 3.34 says that Jesus had the Holy Spirit without measure, limitless. Meaning what? Meaning that Jesus was the most spirit-filled person ever. He wasn't weird. He wasn't given to bizarre behavior. So wrong representation. And then last would be this, self-reliance. Self-reliance. I can do this on my own. Bubba, no, you can't. No, you can't. Zechariah 4.6 says this, it's not by might. It's not by power. It's not by your education, your good looks, your talent, your bank account. It's not by those things. He said, it's by my spirit. John 15, 5 says this, without me, you can do nothing. I don't think you can button your shirt two days in a row without him. I don't think you can find your way to work two days in a row without him. Without him, we can do, come on, nothing. Philippians 4.13 says this, I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Well, pastor, that said Christ, not Holy Spirit, but guess who the agent of action of the Godhead sent by Christ is? It's the Holy Spirit. I can do what I need to do through Christ, through the Holy Spirit who gives me the strength for what you and I need to do. Can I get a good amen out of the church today? Amen. Now, once you are a believer, you become a temple. Once you are a believer, you become a temple. And let me clear this for you. A temple just means a holy dwelling place. Prior to Jesus coming, the temple was at the very center of life and culture for the children of Israel. And it was the dwelling place of God. It was where heaven and earth met. Jesus came. Fast forward. He goes to the cross. He dies. He's, he's buried. He resurrects. At the point that he's about to die upon the cross, anybody remember his words? He said what? It is finished. And then he gave up the ghost, so to speak, gave up the spirit of life. And in that instant, in the temple, there was a veil, a giant, thick, huge curtain, and supernaturally gets torn from top to bottom. Behind that curtain in the temple prior to that was the presence of God, the Holy of Holies. And now through what Jesus has done, he says, it's finished. That gets torn in two. And now we have access to the presence of God. 50 days later, 50 days after he dies is the day of Pentecost where the Holy Spirit comes into the earth. And at that point, we've already been prepared, ready to be a temple. And now we are a temple. We are a dwelling place for the presence of God. Guess what? A believer becomes the temple. A believer becomes the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. You ready? 
you become a place where heaven and earth meet. You have some heaven in you. You have a direct connect to heaven. It's embedded in you by the Holy Spirit. And this is what I think. I think we've forgotten this or we didn't know this or, or something has steered us away from it because we are not accessing this presence and this power of God. Amen. I got to hurry. Y'all are listening so good. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I think I'm going to preach this like five more times this afternoon. So if you want to come back, come on back. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, the apostle Paul writes this. And let me, let me set this up for you. He's talking to the Corinthians, the church at Corinth. So they're believers. They're Christians. And I hate to break this to you. They were Christians, but they had some issues. Can you imagine that? Christians having issues? What on earth? All right, let's be real. Any Christians here have any issues? All right. Good. And some of y'all really got it. One guy was standing on his chair. Here's what Paul said. He's, he's looking at what's going on in their life. He says, hold on. Do you not know? Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? He's looking at them being carnal and strifey and envy and division and sexual sin and all kinds of things going on. He goes, hold up. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God lives in you? Look in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19. Here it is again. Come on, read it with me. Or do you not know, again, apparently you don't know. That's what he's saying. Apparently you don't know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you whom you have from God, and you are not your own. Why? You know why you're not your own? The next verse says, because God bought you. He bought you with a price. How many of y'all watch those shows on TV, Flip This House, or, or, or whatever, Chip and JoJo, or what, whatever you watch. I don't know what you Well, God bought you, and he flipped you. Some of y'all were condemned, you know? And he bought you and he redid you. Come on, that's good news today. He owns you. And he set you up so that you could be a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit of God. Who you have from God. You're not your own. You're his. And we're to be that temple. So here's the problem. That's actually my subtitle for today. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Here's your problem. You go, Pastor, don't talk to me like that. Here's our problem. Here's my problem. It's this, that we forget. We forget that, or we don't know, that we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. We forget this. I forget that he dwells in me. And when we forget, guess what? Then you're not going to ask for the help. He never leaves you, he never forsakes you, but he's a gentleman. He doesn't force you. If he could force you, I promise you, you'd be living perfect. Okay? But he doesn't force us. He's there. He's there, and his help is there, and his presence is there. And here's the problem. This is why you're not overcoming temptation. This is why you're fretting so much. This is why you're still mad about that. This is why you don't seem to be able to get through this or that. It's because we forgot, or we don't know, that the Holy Spirit of God. Listen, he was at creation. He was at incarnation. He was at the resurrection. The Holy Spirit there, and guess what? He lives, he lives in me. 
And when we forget, and here's the problem, then we don't access that, whole, that help. Here's the other thing we do, and I'll just touch on this briefly. We don't honor him right. And then the context of this passage says you're doing some really squirrely stuff. You're involved in some real impure things. I don't think you know. I don't think you know that the what spirit? Holy Spirit's in you. You can't do this to the Holy Spirit. You can't say, Holy Spirit, now you stay in the truck. Because I don't want you coming in here and seeing all this. You can't say, Holy Spirit, um, why don't you go to your room? Because I'm going to watch some stuff now. Actually read in the news probably about six, six, eight months ago about a guy who got arrested because he went to a bar and left his toddler in the truck. So he was in charge of watching their little boy, but he wanted to do some other things. It doesn't work that way. What do you think he should have done? Well, he should have taken that baby right in the bar. No, no, no. He shouldn't be there. The Holy Spirit's not trying to ruin your fun. He's trying to help you live in a rewarding, fruitful, joy-filled way. Are you hearing me? And so sometimes if we forget, we're not going to honor him properly as well. Listen, the, the most obvious difference between a Christian and a non-Christian is a revelation of God and his love. And the most obvious difference between a, let me put it this way, happy, stable, fruitful, blessed Christian and a sad, defeated Christian is a revelation that the Holy Spirit is with me and in me. Listen, I'm not better because I have the Holy, I'm not better than you because I have the Holy Spirit. I'm better than me because I have the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, so like I said, the Corinthian believers, and it's us too, dealing with carnality and sin, falling to temptation, failure, defeat, confusion, division, extremes, error. They were a mess and they were making messes. And Paul said this, let me just sum it up. The apostle Paul said this, the problem here the problem here is that you don't know that the Holy Spirit lives within you. That's the problem. If we don't forget this, don't ignore this, make sure that we remember, make sure that we know that he's in us, he's with us to help us. We have help from heaven on the inside. Psalm 46.1 says, the Lord is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in time of trouble who is it that's present to help me in my time of trouble and need it's the holy spirit where is he do i have to call somewhere and wait for him to get here do i have to go online and wait for two-day delivery no he's with us he's in us and he will never leave us it's important that we know that don't forget that and make sure that we know that amen I want to show you a picture real quick. Go ahead and put this car up. We had a car just like this when I was a kid. How many of you even know what that is? Okay. And it was about that color. And my parents bought it, and it became my older brother's first car. And uh, my stepdad also had to do a paper route during the middle of the night to make everything work. He worked construction. 
And then to make everything else work, he ran a paper out during the night, so this gave him good gas mileage. Well, one afternoon, my mom was driving. We lived in Lady Lake. Um, it's a cultural center of Central Florida. <laughs> well, kind of is now with the villages, but um, my mom was driving, and she sputtered to a stop, pulled over the side of the road. My mom ended up stranded at the side of the road in Fruitland Park. Sounds like a Hallmark movie. And she didn't know what to do, so she walked to a, you ready for this? Some of you won't even know what this is, a phone booth. <laughs> Look it up, it was a real thing. She walked to a phone booth to try to get a hold of my stepdad. They didn't have cell phones and so forth, so she had to call the office for where he worked, and they said, we'll try to get word to him. And I don't remember in the story if he ended up coming or someone else got sent, and they came, and they came and said, what's going on? She goes, run out of gas. And he said, well, here's the problem. Did you not know? And go ahead to the next picture. Here's the floorboard. This little lever here is the reserve. Did you not know? that you just flip this puppy and you got three more gallons of gas. And some of y'all are running out of gas and you are stranded at the side of the road in Fruitland Park. Because you didn't know. I'm here to tell you today, you can know. Don't ignore this. Don't be oblivious of this. Don't resist this. Don't try to be self-reliant. Develop that intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit who is with you and who is in you. I want to do something before we finish today. And if you would just bow your head, just kind of hold your hands out in front of you as if to receive from the Lord. Let me lead you in this prayer, in this declaration. Say this out loud with me. Father God, Lord Jesus, thank you for sending the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, thank you for being with me and living in me. Thank you that you are my helper and my comforter. I need you in my life, in every setting, in every situation, every day. Forgive me when I forget that you are with me. Forgive me when I ignore or resist you and forgive me when I try to do this on my own remind me that you're always with me always in me always for me you bring the presence and the power of God to my life help me to live in intimate friendship with you Fill me again right now with you. Because of you, I'm never alone. I'm never without help. Amen. Did y'all get anything at all out of this today? Thank you, Lord. Thanks again for listening to this message resource for Meadowbrook. You can stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.